0: Hello and welcome to my Caravan Industry Insights Podcast. This podcast is for anyone working in the caravan industry, whether you're from a manufacturer, supplier or dealer here in the UK or elsewhere. So listen every week to hear insights, interviews and marketing tips to help keep you and your business more informed and successful. I'm John Rawlings, a journalist and communications expert with a lifelong passion for caravanning and 20 plus years PR and events experience in the car and caravan industries, from starting in the editorial team at Practical Caravan Magazine to working in the press offices at Vauxhall, Volvo and Volkswagen, and now in my own business specialising in the caravan industry. In this episode, I'm talking to someone who I would describe as an industry veteran, and I hope he doesn't mind that at all. However, that might make him sound a bit older than he really is because apparently he started being a journalist as a teenager. He is Peter Ball, the editor of What Motorhome magazine and road test editor of MMM and Campervan magazines, all leading magazines in the motorhome sector. Now, I'm keen to find out how things have changed as a motorhome editor and reviewer in the last 20, 30, or maybe even 40 years. So hello, Peter. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. So how many years have you been doing this?
1: It will be forty, forty-two 42 years. No, 43 years this year. Wow. So how did you
0: start? And, and you were a teenager, weren't you? We didn't have to be I was
1: 14. Off. I was 14, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm seven this year, so yeah. It... But what were you doing at 14? How did
0: that happen then? Did you actually well, write
1: something for a magazine? or My closest friend at school and I were both car mad. Mm-hmm. And we both... Like the idea of writing a book, which mm-hmm. we were going to do as a joint project. And every topic that we thought of thought of in the the motoring world had already been done umpteen times, but nobody would ever written the history of motorhomes Okay, so that was our project. We start. We decided we were going to write the definitive history of of motorhomes, really in the UK, not not sort of American RVs and so on, but the. Yeah. U- but there wouldn't have been that many motorhomes around forty two years ago, would there? Well there were quite a lot of VW campers and ah, okay. old dormobiles. And I suppose yeah. we think of motorhomes these days as coach pills, don't we? Yeah. back then it was most they were mostly van
0: based. Ah, of course. Um, okay.
1: And And what year was this? Yeah. This would have been eighties eighty something? Yeah, it would have been about ni- nine nineteen seventy nine, eighty, yeah. But in nineteen eighty. Yeah. And we probably started it in '79, and in in the course of doing our very early research, we got in contact with John Hunt, the founder editor of MMM. Oh uh, yeah, and he was quite interested in what we were doing, and he said, mm. he said, "I've got all the back issues of the magazine here. Mm. I've got an extensive photo library. Come down and and have a look. Wow, go through whatever you want to go through. Yeah." So we went down I think we went twice for whole days down there and went through old magazines and photos and things and asked him loads of questions. In that process, he I think it was the second time we went down, he said, I've got nobody to do like a price guide and data guide in the back of the magazine and nobody's interested in doing it. Do you want to have a go? Well, I said, yeah, we'll have a go. And he said, well, I don't guarantee I'll print it. Do what you can, mm. and if it's any good, I'll use it and I'll pay you for it. If it's rubbish, I'll, I'll, I'll just tell pay you. All right, it's, it's like, <laughs> and that was the start of it. And because I then got involved, and, and my friend sort of lost interest after a while, but I was then updating the the, the buyer's guide for MMM every month. Oh, no that took over, and the book never got written. <laughs>
0: So I didn't realise your association with MMM went back that, that far. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So what happened then? Did you leave school and go and do it full time, or did you go
1: on to university? And no, pre- this was something. I had plans to go to university, but my A levels weren't as good as I hoped they were going to be, and i I was fed up with studying by then. I didn't. Sure. I didn't want to reset my A levels. Yeah. And I just. I just got, went out and got a job. I went, went and worked in insurance locally. It was quite well paid. It was, it was mm-hmm. I quite enjoyed it to start with. Mm-hmm. But doing more and more magazine work for most, nearly all of it for MMM in the background, most weekends I was off to dealers and manufacturers and so on, looking at vans. Oh, right. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so when did you go into it full time then? That will be twenty five years ago this year. All right. Okay. The insurance I'd, I'd gone through various insurance jobs, and mm. the company I was working for back then um, was taken over. Well, it was a sort of merger come takeover, and all the things I was promised by the m- the guy that was going to be my new boss didn't yeah. happen, and it right. was it was a very unhappy place to work, and I was desperate to get out, and yeah. I wrote to my main contact at. At MMM, then guy who's long passed away now, and he said, "Oh, I'll, I'll find out if there's a job for you here." And it took quite a few months, but mm. yeah, it happened. It happened. So yeah, June. What would it be? Well, June twenty-five years ago. Um, okay, so you spent. I spent a chunk of time
0: in the insurance industry then. Yeah, yeah. Mm, mm, I didn't realize that. And was were MMM was? MMM up in Lincolnshire, in Bourne, by that stage. Yes, it was
1: yeah. when I. When I very first worked for the magazine, it wasn't even open, owned by Warners, right. and then I used to deal with this chap, Ron Merrison, who who lived not far from me in South London. So when I did the buyer's guide or anything, I'd use all the work and just drive it up to his house and either drop it through the letterbox, or if he was there, I'd sometimes stop and have a coffee with him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh wow! So you've been with Warner's ever since for twenty over twenty five yeah. years. Then yeah. wow, wow, yeah. wow, wow. On uh, all, but you've always been motorhomes. So have caravans never crossed no. your path? No. No.
1: no, no. I mean, my first wife did some testing of caravans, so I did get slightly involved there. Mm. Uh, but no, I've never worked on the caravan side myself. It's always always been the motorhomes that have been my passion, and I've I've worked on. Well, what was which motor caravan and became. And I still what get confused motorhome. as to which way around, which, which yeah. what title it is. I think I haven't got it, it, it start, right, but yeah. Yeah, it started off with which motor caravan became which Motorhome, and then what Motorhome. Right. Um, That's, but I've been, involved, my yeah, I've been involved in, with, with that since, since its inception in, I think it was February 86 mm-hmm. and been editing it for. Just over 20 years. I think it's 21 or 22 years now. Wow. And then Campervan mag- camper magazine is relatively new, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get involved in that on the road test side to, yeah. to help with the, the planning and so on and booking of vehicles on that. Okay, yeah, that's good. And if you've worked for any other magazines, it's
0: purely... I've
1: them, done bits it? and bobs as, yeah. as freelance. I've written about classic cars from time to time and done some... Oh, of- yeah. For some of the car club magazines and and I, I used to do some some car reviews for a magazine. But, but my, yeah, nearly all of it fit for Warners on, on my times. So so
0: share some examples of how mo doing doing motorhome reviews has changed in your time in industry. Because now you're a you're a YouTube star. It wasn't like that back in the day, was it? No. No,
1: I think that that's <laughs> one of that's one of the really big changes, the growth of video. And that mm. now, I mean I yeah, you, know, you think Going back way back, um, when all the all the photography was on transparencies and you had that awful and I know, used to lug a, a medium format camera around and you'd have that awful time if you'd get back from a job, take the film in, and then there was that awful, especially if you'd had bad weather, you'd have sort of uh. three or four days of worrying whether well the photos were gonna be <laughs> standard before you got them back. Whereas now it's all digital and you can see instantly whether you've got what you yeah. need Wow, that uh, you, uh, people wouldn't believe you these days, would they? Right. So whereas whereas on years ago, perhaps you you might spend two days on on the the photography for the magazine. Now the photography takes relatively little time, but you spend the time that you've gained on video instead. <laughs> but, but,
0: yeah so was the the magazine would've been black and white to start with was it or has, it, or
1: has it always been colour no it was black and white to start with i think it was it was quite early on in my days when they started to introduce some colour mm. but yeah certainly certainly some of the, some of the first vans i tested were second hand vans from dealer forecourts. And they were always printed in black and white, whereas only, only the new vans got colour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: fair enough, I suppose. And the, were there as many um, imported motorhomes? Um, um, no, for,
1: not foreign brands. No, In, in fact, there weren't weren't anything like the number of brands. Right. I, I looked up the other day, I think when I first did the buyer's guide for MMM, it was two pages for all the main vehicles that mm. were, were listed. mm mm-hmm. This year's Buying Your Perfect Motor Magazine, which is a, another, oh, I think yeah. that it's an annual one. There's 17 pages of beer brands. Wow, <laughs> where we're two back 30 or 40 years ago. Wow, is that because there are so many obviously new brands with different so many different layouts as well? I think yeah, so many, so many more brands and brands offering much bigger ranges. Although that's dropped off a little bit since COVID, I think. You know, manufacturers have dropped some of the slower selling layouts and, mm. you know, perhaps some of the... I know we had brands offering 60 different vehicles on, and perhaps that's gone down to 40 now. But, you know, you've still oh, got manufacturers offering vast, vast ranges. Yeah. Now, why do motorhomes homes always
0: have really, what's the word, un, unromantic names, I, I'll, I'll, I'll describe it as that? Because mm-hmm. at least with caravans, you get challenges and phoenix and stuff like that but the motorhomes all have just letters and numbers and i remember i've been to a few awards dudes where they read out read out the the different shortlisted motorhomes and they have such long-winded names i know the letters sometimes stand for twin beds or whatever else but i think you'd start a campaign to have have sexier names for motorhomes
1: yeah you've got some with some decent names haven't you but then often followed by a a, a selection of letters and half, the, half the alphabet in letters yeah yeah <laughs> and the ones that frustrate me on I mean, at least at least some brands the numbering systems follow a pattern so if you know for example rapido mm. you know that a 66 has single beds or, or whatever but some some of them just seem to be like Random number out of the air, at, <laughs> a battle there, you know. And it's you to
0: understand, and then the, the consumers are not going to understand it, are they? Yeah. Yes. But in back in the day then, motorhome sales in the UK must have been pretty small. I mean, they're still
1: oh, outweighed they? by motorhome, yes. caravans here, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, and I remember you know, under 3,000 vehicles a year. Right, right. Yeah, but the, that
0: tide is changing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you what's, the, what's, the, what's the, what figure would you say
1: is that it is at now? Well, it's been it's been stifled by Reduction. production. Production yeah. and that that's been hit by chassis availability. So it's mm. it's hard to know what it would really be if mm. if the vehicles had been available and we've certainly Mm-mm. seen record demand in the last mm. years. Mm. Mm. Um, so what what figure did did it come out in at last year then? I was just looking at something, and I think, wasn't it 11,500 or something last year? But it was much higher the previous year.
0: But the last few years have been a bit all over yeah, the place. I yeah. Okay, it's a decent amount. It's mm. a decent amount, isn't it? That's about how have your reviews changed? Do you, do you have to go into more detail now? I know you've always got your tape measure with you. Is that always been the case? <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, MMM readers have always seemed to want the detail. Mm-hmm. And I think often, often if you've got people that have already had a motorhome then they want to, to know why that one gives them a reason to change. And they you know, what, once people have had maybe two or three, then they really know what they're looking for. And it you know, it might be bed size or they've got particular requirements for the garage or that sort of thing. And if you can give them that information, that that seems to be well, that's
0: shame. So is that why there's so much choice? Because when you go to the shows, there's so many different models, aren't there? You just wonder how people narrow
1: it down. Yeah, I mean, the, the one that always amazes me is if you go to Dusseldorf. Oh, and if yes. you think, if you arrived at Dusseldorf and thought, you know, I've got maybe 80, 90, 100,000 pounds to, or euros to spend and I want a van with a garage and fixed single beds, I mean, where would you start? <laughs> <laughs> There's just hundreds to choose from. Yeah. yeah, that is very true. But I guess that's where it all
0: comes down to brand and reputation and getting the right service, the impressions you get from from each brand as you as you go round, Yeah, and I, I think... Word of uh, mouth, et cetera.
1: When you see inexperienced buyers, mm-hmm. often they'll just look through the door and go, oh, I don't like the upholstery or all oh, the furniture's too dark or something, and they'll miss that that van might have a great feature that, that would sell it to them, but they're put off immediately by First, um, some minor
0: aspect but of decor. First impressions yeah and it does it does impact them doesn't it and is it easy for you to get the information you need to do a motor home review are the manufacturers getting better at having press packs and press information uh, no not really uh,
1: okay, I, 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 okay. I, I, uh, the, the most the most difficult aspect is often with some of the continental vans where they've got such extensive ranges of options and you you pick up a van you go Oh, so is this standard spec? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just got the the so and so pack, yeah, the comfort pack or something. And you go, <laughs> so the awning's standard. Oh no, that's extra. Well, oh, what about the all light wheels? Oh no, that. And and sometimes to narrow down what is actually standard equipment and what's right. an option and what the options cost, yeah, it can be quite quite a nightmare, really.
0: <laughs> so look, I know. In the car world, you just get to send a press car out, and it comes, and it with, normally with a list of options. Quite conveniently, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen in the motor world. No, but I guess not. Not that many people have press fleets, though, either, do they? No, no. So, press you mean-
1: fleets are, are almost non-existent these days. Right. So you, when, yeah. I mean, we, we used we used when when the European manufacturers were trying hard to get into the UK market, we used to go abroad quite a bit to. The test vans from German and French press fleets and and the big manufacturers on the continent all have those sort of press demonstrator vehicles, but they're they're very rare in the UK. Right. But I guess they'd probably have a slightly different European spec to
0: start with, wouldn't they? And obviously, left hand drivers. But is it? And are most of the launches still abroad? Do you get invites to as many of those, or has that changed through COVID?
1: There aren't as many as there used to be because it used to I, be a bit crazier, didn't it? You were, oh, it used to be yeah. bonkers. I mean, used yeah. to, and and still, there's poor communication in terms of manufacturers choosing the same date. Uh, he, you get sometimes you know, you, you need to be in Germany, France, and Italy all at the same time. <laughs> but, and I think, I think they've slowed down in in terms of launching new products almost unnecessarily, you know, sort of. Oh, we'll change the change the cabinets and mm. yeah, change maybe change it's sake. And
0: yeah, because they've had the demand there to yeah, not yeah. need to change, I suppose, yeah. Really. yeah. And obviously, there's been a massive problem with supply of fiat base base vehicles. Is that is that trend continuing?
1: Yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day who reckons that we're an, at least another year away before we really see a t- return to normal chassis supplies wow. And, wow. The, and the and the worrying thing is that it seems to have spread now it's not just fiat it started with fiat's and then it was Peugeot, and now it it seems to be almost everything i'm mean, hearing problems with mercedes delays fords if if they're automatics volkswagen with the transporter uh yeah it just seems to be almost across the board does it but so
0: it's not a question of fear pulling pulling away from the in from the sector.
1: Well, I think there's I think there's an element of that as well. I think right. I think they've they've found that you know you can supply hundreds of vans to say Amazon or whoever. Yeah, yeah. That are all white. They're all the same. They're all a, a bogo spec. Whereas moto manufacturers tend to want, oh, we want ten of those in grey and fifteen in metallic <laughs> blue, and then we, we don't want this and we don't want that. And yeah,
0: yeah. I suppose that's true.
1: But well, they were such market leaders, though, weren't they? I know, and I think it's it good must, to have diversity. I think, yeah, it mm. it must be a conscious decision on their on the part of Stellantis to mm. be less dependent on the motorhome industry, right? And prioritising. I think, mm. think long term, it's good to see. You know, at one point it was you go and test a motorhome, and oh god, it's another Fiat. What do we want to say this time? Whereas <laughs> we're now seeing a lot more. Mercedes, a lot more Fords, a few MANs. Oh yeah, and I think that's that's got to be good for the industry. I mean, if you go, you, yeah. you about how things have changed from 30, 40 years ago, yeah, often you could buy the same motorhome or or camper van, yeah, but with different base vehicles. You know, you could you could choose. Oh really? Go well, yeah. I mean, I remember CI Auto Homes. Mm. You, the same coach-built body on mm-hmm. a Bedford CF, a Ford Transit, or a or a comma, which then became a Dodge. even with the same body went on three wow. different.
0: That must be complicated for production, or maybe the
1: production wasn't that big at the time. No, no, I suppose that's probably it. why. Or, yeah, of course. <laughs> An Auto Sleepers range was mostly about different chassis choices. You know, you could have all sorts of different base vehicles and. And almost when a new van was launched, you waited to see who'd be the first to convert it. Whereas now, you know, if, if, I don't know, Mazda or Toyota or somebody launch a new van, A, it's probably just a rebadged version of something that's also a Peugeot or a Fiat or something else. But, you know, a lot of these sort of more unusual panel vans just never get converted. Never get converted into campervans
0: on those times. Mm. And in the campervan sector, is vol- Volkswagen the Transporter is still dominant? Isn't it?
1: I think it is, but I think they're they're losing that a bit to the Ford Transit Custom. Yeah, and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah, with the, the the new Ford Transit Custom and the new Transporter, which are going to be pretty much the same thing. Well, same the same vehicle under the skin. Yeah. Yeah, well, presumably there'll be a price premium for the VW, so... They've
0: we'll got to put their mark on it somewhere, but presumably the yeah. bit, bit, bit the, the rear bit that will get converted into a camper van is going to be the same size yeah. of both yeah. vehicles. So um, they're going to end up looking... They've got to end up looking fairly similar. But it does look good. I, thought, I didn't make it to the CV show, but I've seen the pictures of the new, oh. new Transit Custom, and it looks, it looks very good.
1: So how far off is that, do you well, know? Well, Transit Custom yeah. should be out this autumn... Oh. I've spoken to one or two manufacturers who said they think it'll just miss any camper vans appearing uh, at the just, October show, but um, we should see them for the, for the February show next year. Uh, okay, what about a Düsseldorf? I don't know. It's a bit soon, maybe. Well, Ford will yeah. really have a stand there, don't they? Yeah, mean, well, it, it would be interesting to see whether, because obviously Ford worked with Westfalia on the Nugget, Ah, well, yes. they managed to get a new version of the nugget out in time for Düsseldorf. That that would be interesting. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Mm. Question of prior, priorities,
0: isn't it? what couple of timings yeah. for them. That would be good. Oh, that just sounds very interesting. Yeah, good luck to them on that. And of course, you've got you own a camper van, don't you? Absolutely. VW. So yeah, 26, 6 yes. Nice, very nice. Well, what funny stories and in, incidents have you uh, have you got from from some of your motorhome tests?
1: Well, I was thinking about this the other day and I, I mentioned it to my wife and she said, when we went to, I think it was about five or six years ago, we went to Denmark for a summer holiday in a Heimer A class. And because we'd got the garage, we rather loaded it up with probably more stuff than we'd normally take take with us. And my wife's very keen on sewing. So she took a sewing machine with her. Huh? Wow, and, that's unusual. <laughs> we, we, were, we were parked up on this campsite in Denmark and... It was a lovely day, but I was sitting outside sewing, on, you know, with a normal sort of camping outdoor table and chairs. Yeah. And we noticed that the the the, the Danish and German campers on the site were doing laps of our van. And, and the word was obviously spreading around the campsite about this mad English woman that was sewing. Selling on holiday. holiday. Weird. And then I, I was thinking also of the, the occasion that I drove a big French a class. And you know how the French aren't terribly good at warning you of sort of restrictions and things ahead. Right. We came to this village not knowing that it was, it was market day. Uh, and when we got to the center of the village, all the, his market stalls were everywhere um, out, and we couldn't get through. And somebody uh, actually had to move their market stall so we could get the big A class through the middle of the village.
0: So you're causing chaos. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what about what about press trips and and product launches? You've been to a few of those. Well, obviously we've both been I've spent some time with you in Morocco. That was one of the got, got to be one of the highlights on the Bailey easy. trip.
1: Yeah. yeah. It was absolutely fantastic. To to be in a van in the Sahara Desert mm. was quite spectacular and it was special, wasn't it? Yeah. But those sort
0: of trips don't come along too often, do they? You don't get many manufacturers being as sort of proactive as, as that.
1: No, no, very, very few. I mean, there used to be a bit more of it. And I think that the last, apart from the Bailey one, obviously, that the last really good one I remember, I think it was 2019, Hobby took us to northern Norway in February. Oh, nice. oh wow. And mm. Although it was only a very short trip, it was something like minus 17 first thing in the morning. Mm. And to be in just a normal panel van conversion and yeah, to prove that the heating and everything was up to that was was quite quite exciting, and and just the seeing the northern lights and snow everywhere. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah it was, it's yeah. it's very special. That I've had,
0: I've been very lucky to get up there a couple of times or more actually in my Volvo days when we did press trips to to the, to the northern Scandinavia in the winter. It is quite an experience, isn't it? Mm. Mm, very, very nice. So are there any particular trends at the moment in, in motorhomes or in the recent years? Uh, in terms of layouts that start the they don't get many overhead overcabs these days, they're all sort of so
1: Well overcabs so I thought were going to die out completely with, mm. with all the drop down beds so in low profiles, but they seem mm. to have made a very small comeback. And I think to a certain customer at, you know, rental fleets and some of the entry level vans, they still work quite well. So they right. They've not died out completely. And the campervan market just seems to have grown and grown and grown. And I think more and more those the, the larger van conversions are pinching sales from the smaller coach belts. Right. Yeah, there are a lot of panel vans, aren't there? Mm.
0: And they look very, look very tempting as well. Very good and easy to drive. What about what about sizes? There was there was a bit of a downsizing trend at one stage, wasn't there? But then somebody told me recently, it might even have been you, I can't remember. That uh, some of the brands sell there, you know, they're they big. Anything over a hundred thousand pounds sells
1: really sells really well. So
0: yeah, honestly, a strong demand.
1: Yeah, I'm talking to some of the people that are selling the sort of in the luxury end, the A classes and so on. It it seems that the people with you know 150, 200 grand to spend on a on a big A class motorhome that seems to be still still strong. I suppose mm-hmm. if you've got that sort of money to spend, you're not affected by increased mm. heating bills or whatever. So yeah, that's perhaps true. Perhaps still seems a, a strong market.
0: And actually, on that Morocco trip, seeing how many it was ninety nine point nine percent motorhomes. Everywhere wasn't it wasn't. We were the only caravans that we had there. And seeing how many people were obviously doing long, you know, extended trips, and there were quite a few in big, uh, expensive motorhomes. So I guess they, that's what they're using them for:
1: long trips, and they yeah. want they want yeah. something luxurious. But it was interesting, mm. that, that site at Wazirat, there was an English registered VW T5 or T6, I think it was a little Bilbo's camper. So it, it just shows that you don't need... You don't have to need all that, no. You don't need something the size of a bus, even if you're going off for months at a time.
0: Yeah, but I remember on that site in Marrakesh itself, I think it was literally opposite the pitch that you were on, there was that big, I think it was a, a Katago or something, with the rear lounge yeah. and the Germans yeah. in there, with their TV yeah. on and their yeah. satellite dish up, yeah. they looked, they looked, uh, yeah, definitely at home from home, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But a big thing to take around. But actually, there were quite a few big ones. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. But again, they must be doing these longer term trips and, or virtually, maybe they're full timing in them. I don't know. Could be, could be. Yeah. Is there? Do you think there's a growth in people full
1: timing now? I think there is. I mean, we've just had our campervan campout show, and it was oh, well, really... I was there. I was there. I went on, but I went on the Friday. I didn't think you were oh, there. Yeah. Oh, I was there on the Friday. I didn't see it. It was interesting with the the talks. Just how many people seem to be interested now in how can I full time? What are the pros and cons? And really, sort of interested in in all the the nitty gritty of how, how do I do it? You know, I'm really really yeah. keen. Or perhaps, yeah, but perhaps sometimes not full time, but going off for for months at a time. Well, that's what I'd like to
0: do. the The talks, yeah, they were all very busy. Actually, very popular, weren't they? It's a really mm-hmm. good offering. That's really obviously a really popular thing because I know they had uh, Catbird Bird was there talking about her solo female trips and yeah. uh, Tash from Life Beyond yeah. Bricks. You know, quite a few people. Very, very good at sharing all their their, their information. And what? And this whole van life thing—is that is that uh, how how do you get on with that in, in the magazine? Is that a separate thing, or the is that more is-
1: bands? I think that's catered for with Campervan magazine really. That was part right. of Yeah, yeah. That's sort of a, a a different type of audience to the sort of more traditional motorhomers that are catered for by MMM. Mm. But mm. Mm. Yep. Not not just the vehicles that are different, it's it's the people that you the... buy them and oh, and, nice. and and quite a quite a number of the campervan readers seem to be owners of, of self built. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. There were a lot
0: of those at Campervan and Campout as well, mm. weren't there? What about what about electric motorhomes then that's obviously something you're 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 getting a lot of inquiries about that sort of
1: thing? Not really. I mean we we seemed to get a, a massive flux of interest a couple of years ago and then it sort of faded away and I do sort of I think we we ran a piece in what motorhome about about February issue this year quite a big feature on what was available mm. and there really isn't very much. No, not yet. I'm just just looking at the one VWID bus that was at campervan campout, oh yeah, realised just how difficult it is to convert that vehicle, which at the moment is probably one of the more possible e-campervans because you know it's got a reasonable range, two hundred and fifty miles or something in in decent conditions, yeah. But it's just so small inside, and I know. whilst I think Rymo will probably do a roof for it. That isn't out yet. So there's there's no sort of commercially available pot top for it. Right. It's it is considerably smaller than a T six inside. Yeah. And to into converters, there's there's issues even of how you fix the seats because you can't start bolting things to the through the floor when there's all the batteries underneath. So right, yes. Yes. It we've got a long way to go, yeah. And mm. With the bigger vehicles, of course, it becomes much more challenging. Mm.
0: Well, I've just done an interview. We actually had to go out before this one about hydrogen power. I spoke to a company that is, is developing a 3.5 tonne van, a light commercial vehicle, to be powered by hydrogen. And they did a concept of a, of a camper van version of it, which was. I seems to have got quite a lot of coverage. So it's sadly going to be a few years away yet but yeah quite an interesting insight actually into the potential i thought hydrogen was yeah not happening but apparently more uh, uh, typically outside of the uk the infrastructure is is for hydrogen is substantially better than it is here and there's quite a lot of investment going into it so yeah you have to have a listen that was quite an interesting interesting insight so that could happen for bigger vehicles and vehicles that need more payload so yeah watch this space and even some car more more car manufacturers are are developing things as well. Apparently, BMW have got a, a hydrogen-powered car
1: as well. So, yeah, yeah. Think, think we've we've got to look at more alternatives rather than just pure EV. I, mm. I was just reading something before I came to speak to you about yeah. Toyota asking for the 2030 thing to be extended for hybrids because they see hybrids as 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 a big part of the future rather than just pure EV. Oh, okay, plug-in hybrids, you mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they don't have much range to them. I and mean, for most people, though, that would be fine. That, that would that, would be, that would be suitable for me in my normal sort of school run, etc mm. mm. Okay, cool. Right. Let's go on to some fun questions then. If you could take your camper van or a motorhome anywhere in the world, where would you
1: like to go? Iceland. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's something I really wanted to do back almost a few years ago. Now, when you could get the ferry from Scotland, and unfortunately, that doesn't exist anymore. And now you have to go via Denmark, so it's a, yeah. bit, like, a, a time-consuming trip. So I think if I did it, I'd probably have to fly and hire a van in Iceland. Yeah,
0: Okay, yeah, I did look into it once. It does take quite a while to get there, mm. but yes, a beautiful place. You can hire vans there, can't you? I believe.
1: Yeah, I've yeah, seen. Sure, I've seen people. Ah. Yeah. And what is it about Iceland that just the? I think just it, it looks somewhere so different, and I, I'm I'm more interested, I think in the sort of natural geographic, like like when we went to the Sahara, it's mm. it, that has more appeal to me than going to a, a nice town or a... a city, yeah. city here. That, yeah. I, when I went to America many years ago, it was places mm. like Monument Valley and oh, right. Grand Canyon that, that really appealed to me more than Las Vegas or San Francisco. Right. I, I can understand that. That makes
0: sense. So if you had a magic wand, do you have any idea what you'd wish for to benefit the... The caravan and motorhome industry, a UK Airs network like we like they have in France ah, and Germany. Good answer, Peter. Very good answer. Yes,
1: they are miles ahead of us in Europe. There, yes. when I when I've tested vans in France and Germany, you just never use a campsite. Mm-hmm. There's, there's always somewhere, and and usually they're so convenient too because they'll be just on the edge of a town, so you can walk in and use the restaurants for dinner. And I don't think. Mm-hmm. The local communities must benefit so much from from people spending money that way. Rather mm-hmm. than, you know, if you're on a campsite miles out miles from anywhere, you tend to just stay on the campsite, don't you? There, there might mm-hmm. be a pub within walking distance that gains, but if, you, you, if, you're, yes. if you're in the town, you tend to use the town facilities and spend your money. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know how how has that
0: happened in Europe then? That because they've we can't say. It's the, the, the cities are just as old as ours, mostly. Yeah. But they've just got a bigger... Well, they've always had more campsites over there as well, haven't yeah. they? You, you never yeah. seem to be far from a campsite and they're really, really well signposted most of the time. But certainly that must be what drives the demand for motorhomes because areas are so well well yeah. are, are catered yeah. to motorhomes exclusively almost, don't they? Yeah, but there's a, there's a bit of that in the UK, but but nothing on the... But it's uh, nothing like France, no, is it? No, 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 no. No, not at all. And even you see motorway services have places for you to empty motorhome waste mm. and stuff, don't they? It's completely different. Yeah. Yes. Well, one day let's let's keep our fingers crossed on that one then. And I'm looking forward to your answer to the next question. So if you could have a barbecue on a campsite with three people of your choice, famous people, celebrities, politicians, or whoever, dead or alive, who
1: would you invite? I'm interested to hear what you've got to say. Well, this is this was an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, the first one I came up with was Nicki Lauder. Because he he was my childhood hero. I was yeah. my my dad and I always watched the Formula One every every weekend or whether it was on, and I was a big Nicky Lauda fan. Yeah. Um. So that was the first one. Then Elton John. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm not a great music person, mm-hmm. uh, and I've been to very few concerts over the years, but I have seen Elton John three times, huh. and I've always enjoyed his music. So he's the second one. Yeah. And the third one's Enzo Ferrari. Going back to the Nicky Louder thing, I'm a bit.
0: <laughs> well, you've got one, haven't you? I have, yeah. Yes, nice. Good, good for you. And that's an interesting mixture. Actually, you've got, a, you've got a musician in there, though, so you can, you can get a bit of singing. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, Elton John would be quite a good fun as I think that's going to be cool. Okay. Well, I won't jack up any more of your time. Thanks very much. It's been good to get some insights from you and catch up, hear your, your backstory, as they say. So, thank you very much. I'll see you again, probably not now till. October show or oh, no Dusseldorf. You be yeah. you be at Dusseldorf. Yeah. Ha- yeah, I haven't booked anything yet, but I'm definitely planning to go. What what days do you go? Do you go for the press day or do you go the? No, yeah,
1: Because it, we've always found that if you go for the press day, you're mm. then there at the weekend when it's peoplely. Yeah. yeah. So we're flying out on the Monday. Right. And staying for I think three days. That's the bank holiday.
0: Yeah. Yes. So do you normally fly out these days? You don't take a motor home and stay on the campsite.
1: No, I used mm. to do that, but I think because the availability of of, prop, of like going back to yeah you know, proper test test fleet vehicles uh, yeah. they don't yeah. exist as much. So, and it's it's a bad time of year with a sort of switch of over to, to yes. new season models. So yes, yeah, you know, it's just it's just much easier to fly now. Yeah, but you generate lots of content while you're there and stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's an amazing show, isn't it? Yeah. Still. Mm, 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 yes no look forward to that that's going to come around soon enough it doesn't all of a sudden doesn't seem that far off. in fact i think i saw a news story about the 100 days countdown or something so yeah it's coming we
1: better book my flights No, we've already booked flights so yeah and even then we couldn't get the hotel that we went to last year so really people seem to book earlier and earlier
0: oh gosh gosh i've left it too late already Great. Okay. Well, I will hope to see you there. If not, have a great summer. <laughs> Sounds crazy saying that, but yeah, I'm sure we'll see you around. I look forward to watching your video video reviews. Oh, by the way, what sort of how many viewers do you get for your videos? You say because some of them are massive, aren't they?
1: Oh, some of them are incredible. And we've got we've got seventy one thousand over seventy one thousand subscribers on the My Time Camper Van Channel now. Wow. And it's really interesting how some of the videos just fly. I mean, the four wheel drive Mercedes from RP that we we had i think that's got about a million views on it now wow really! they look some, cool, so cool yeah. yeah well some of them are just incredible
0: what about your first test of the the hymer i've forgotten his
1: name you know the two hundred fifty thousand one the, the venture s, yeah. s that, yeah that's doing very well as well mm. i mean I, we we got that first and yeah i mean it's it's just so different from anything else yeah. i still can't quite believe that It's not just a concept. You can actually go into a hybrid dealer and and order one. Yeah, cool, lovely. Well, good. I haven't watched
0: that one one yet, but I'll make an effort to catch up with that as well. And yeah, see you soon then. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks, John. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it and would really appreciate it if you could share it with as many people as possible. Even better, please give me a five-star review in iTunes. It'd be a great help. If you'd like me to interview you, want to suggest someone to interview or interested in sponsoring this podcast, or want to get in touch with me for any reason, please drop me a line at john at rawlingscommunications.com or message me on Instagram at rawlings underscore comms. Thanks very much. Bye for now.